Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad that you could be with us. We're actually starting a three-part series this week. Our first message is called Seeking Faith. Have you ever been to the circus and you've seen an elephant that's chained to a stake that's in the ground? And have you ever wondered why that elephant is being chained to the stake? Here you have this mighty, powerful, strong animal that could wrap its trunk around a tree and yank it out of the ground. But yet you look at this stake and this stake that some man came along with a hammer and, and put this stake in the ground and the elephant is just being contained by that stake. You see, it all starts when an elephant is really young. When an elephant is young, they chain it to the stake to teach the elephant. And basically the elephant will, will pull and try to get away. And over time, the elephant learns that it can't get free from the stake while it's young. And as while this animal grows and becomes stronger and stronger, it still remembers back to the time that this stake is not movable, that it is chained to this stake that can't be moved. And a lot of us are chained to things in our life that we feel like we can't move or that we might not even see, that we're chained to the world, that we're chained to sin, that we're chained to self. But that we must acknowledge and understand that the power is given through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, and through the power of Jesus Christ, that we can break these chains. That just as the elephant is strong and could move the chain with the slightest move, could break the stake and move the stake out of the ground, that the things that we are chained to in our life are exactly the same thing that this elephant is chained to. We have the same mindset that we are stuck in these things. But that we can be freed by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us and by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We need faith that can conceive the invisible. We need faith that can believe the incredible. And we need faith that can receive the impossible. Today we're going to talk about one specific event where a man came in contact with the Savior of the world and it totally changed his life. Today we'll be looking at John chapter 4 verses 46 through 54. And this is a great story about faith. On the surface, it looks to be one story, but as you look at it more closely and you look at each specific word, there is so much to the story. And I cannot wait to share that with you today. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word and your spirit changes us to be more and more like Jesus. Lord, I pray that today as we, as we seek you, as we seek your face, you will reveal truths to us that are unbelievable, that, you're, that you will impart to us the mysteries that you want to share with, your, with those that you love. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in us and that everything moves us to be more and more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The events of this man that we're going to talk about here in John chapter 4 is, 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 a, is an event about victory through faith. It is 
It is the events of a man who is just like us, a man that is that is sinful, a man that is 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 seeking the love of his son, is seeking healing for the love of his son, and he will try anything and everything to help the one that he loves. But then he meets Jesus. And in three of the most powerful words that this man acknowledges within himself, totally changes his life and his eternal destiny and the eternal destiny of his family. And those words are, Lord, I believe. When we look at verse 46 and 47, it says, As he traveled through Galilee, he is Jesus. He came to Canaan, where he had turned water into wine. There was a, governor, there was a government official in nearby Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. It says, it acknowledges that this man here was an officer. What's interesting though is when you look at the Greek word here of officer, it really means kingsman or a man of the king's court. It would be like a nobleman. It's very interesting that scripture uh, gives us this because this would have been a man of extreme extreme position of influence. This man would have had, would have had money and plenty of influence uh, over people. It highlights his stature and that he was a person that through his own power, through his own resources, could fix many problems. But there was one problem that he cannot fix. And we see it here where scripture tells us he heard that Jesus came from Judea to Galilee so that he went to him. So this man has exhausted all resources that he has, money that he has, influence that he has. This man had probably spared absolutely no expense to take care of his son. He had probably gone to the finest doctors of the time, seeking out what they could do and how they could help his son. He probably bought the most expensive and and the best medicine that could be provided, but all the while watching as his helpless son drifts slowly and slowly closer, closer to death. I think the first action of faith that we need to look at in this story is the fact that this man had enough faith or was desperate and he was seeking an option and he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee and it says, so he went to him. I think it's important to realize that when you look here, it's, it's that trouble and tragedy is what brought this man to Jesus. It was his dying son that brought this man to the divine Savior. You know, you have to realize that if it wasn't for this man's grief, he might not have ever known grace. And I think that's so important. I, I need to say it again. Do you realize that if this man had not known grief, he might not have ever known grace? If he had never experienced tragedy, he might not ever experience triumph. Sometimes in our frustration and our troubles and our trials and our lives, people get bitter with God and they don't understand, God, why is this happening to me? Many people get angry with God. 
But you know, sometimes trouble is brought into our lives so that that trouble might bring us closer to God. Anything that drives you to Jesus, including troubles and trials in life, can be looked at as blessings. Think about it. If this man had not been in danger of losing his son, he would have never known Jesus. He would have probably never had an interaction with Jesus. And we see the father's plea. This father comes to Jesus and he literally begs him to come to his home and to heal his son. Now, at first, you would think this would be a normal and a natural request that this man would ask Jesus to come to his home. But yet, Jesus gives a a very interesting remark. In John chapter 4 here in verse 48 and 49, Jesus says, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? It says, the official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. It's interesting. This word you, when Jesus says, will you, it is actually a plural form. He is not necessarily talking to the man. He is talking to the masses. He is talking to the crowds that are around, that are standing around. But the people that are standing around, they're standing around to see signs and miracles. Maybe signs and miracles for themselves or for the ones that they love. But like this man, this man was was not coming to worship the Messiah. When he came, he was not looking for salvation. He was not coming for any of that. He was coming for a sign. He was coming for healing for his son. This man's problem is that he was more interested in the power of Jesus than he was in the person of Jesus. He was more interested in what Jesus could do than what Jesus or who Jesus was. Now we notice that Jesus did what the man wanted him to do, but notice he didn't do it the way the man wanted him to do it. The man wanted Jesus to come to his house to lay his hands on his son and to heal him. He evidently thought that Jesus needed to be to his son to heal him. He didn't understand that with Jesus, difference doesn't make a difference. And space doesn't make a difference because the power of Christ is not limited to time and space. Now we remember the the faith of the centurion in a different event, needing healing for his son. This man came to Jesus, whose son was sick. He even asked Jesus to go to his home. The nobleman asked Jesus to go to his home. The centurion makes a a proclamation to Jesus. When Jesus says, I'll go to your home, the centurion says, I'm a man of authority like you. I know it can be done from here. And Jesus even comments on the centurion's faith. But Jesus tells this nobleman, the officer, the kingsman here, he says, the man says, come and heal my son. And Jesus says, I won't come. Jesus said to the centurion, I will come. And the centurion says, don't come. Now, why would Jesus go with the centurion, but he would not go with the officer? It's because Jesus was more interested 
in the father's faith than he was in the son's sickness. He was more interested in the eternal destiny of this man and his family than he was necessarily the specific need. The man came out of faith to Jesus that maybe, a mustard seed of faith, that maybe Jesus could do something and and save his son. And how great, how great, great, great is our God. That not only in this story did Jesus heal his son, but he gave him so much more. He gives the man eternal life through the man's faith. Did you know that God is more concerned with your faith than with your finances? He is more concerned with your faith than your fitness. He is more concerned with your faith than with your feelings. He is much more concerned with your faith than your fortune. And he is more concerned with your faith than your worldly future. While this officer was focused on his son's healing, Jesus was focusing on this man's faith. And we see here in verse 50, Jesus told the man, he says, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Really simple words when you look at them on a page, but when you think about them more deeply, and the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Jesus is telling the man, your son, your son will live. And evidently the man acknowledges in himself, I believe you. And that's what real faith is. Just believing that God will do what God says he will do. Real faith is believing in the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. You see, this man had to learn a lesson. He thought like the world thinks, that he thought that believing is seeing. He was like, come to my house, touch my son. Let me see with my eyes that you will heal my son and I will believe. But as always, Jesus has his own plan. He says, I give you my promise, your son is healed. And at that exact moment, this officer, this this nobleman, this kingsman, this man of immense authority comes to a fork in the road. And that fork in the road is faith or it is doubt. He had to make a decision to have faith or to doubt. And we see that this man, we can tell by the story, this man's decision changed his life, his eternal destiny of him and his family forever by acknowledging and by basically saying, Lord, you said it, it settles it, I believe it. This man thought seeing was believing. Jesus had to teach him that believing would lead to seeing. Let me say that again. This man thought seeing was believing. But Jesus had to teach him that believing would lead to seeing. So what does the man do? It simply says that he believed and headed home. And that's what real faith is. Real faith is putting your eggs in the basket and counting them hatched before they're even in the basket. That is what faith 
in God is about. There's two wonderful things that occurred. There's two awesome things that occurred to this man's encounter with the Son of God. We see here in verse 51 and 53, it says, While the man was on his way home, so the man has left, he believes, he leaves, he's headed home. Some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the man realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. Now don't miss that last part. It's the most important part. Right here it says, and he and his entire household believed in Jesus. You see, this man wanted Jesus to deal with his son. Jesus wanted to deal with this man and his family. The highlight of this story is not the physical cure of the man's son. The highlight of this story is the family's spiritual conversion and that of the entire household. Jesus performed this miracle not so much that the son would be healed, but that the father and the family would be saved. And how great is our God? You have to say it again. How great is our God that not only did he save the family, but how great is our God that he healed, that he healed the man's son. There's extreme faith in this story. The love of a father. The love of a father and what he would do for his son led him with a mustard seed of faith to seek out the Son of God, probably after he had exhausted all of his own resources. And how many times, we talked about this last week, how many times do we try to exhaust all of our own resources, all of our own understanding, and try to manipulate all kinds of situations, and then we turn to God, when in all actuality, We should go to Him first. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one that can change everything. We should always start with God. He is the true healer. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In a time like we are living in today, with so many unknowns, with so many fears, with so many anxieties that are possibly out there. We have to stand on our faith, in our faith in God. And many of us may struggle with faith, and we say, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm here to tell you today, if you have a mustard seed of faith, if you will put out that mustard seed of faith, if you will take that one step forward, Just like this man that had power, this man that had money, this man that had everything that he had. He wasn't standing on the road and Jesus walked by. He went and sought Jesus out. And I think that's a great and very important part of this. 
This man had to travel to go see Jesus in the hope, by faith, that Jesus would do something. Have you reached out to God by faith? Have you taken the time to reach out to God by faith and ask Him for His help with your troubles, with your worries, with your anxiety, with the healings that you need, with the help that you need through the power of the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus? Our God loves us more than we could possibly ever know. Just like this man, not only did he meet this man's need, but he dealt with this man's salvation and the salvation of his family. Just as it mentions there, that they believed in Jesus. I want to pray for you, but as we pray, I want you to examine your faith. I want you to look at and take good inventory of yourself and say, where am I with my faith? Do I trust and believe in God? And how can I strengthen that? And as we pray here in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge there, wherever you're at, you can raise your hand, you can speak, you can just acknowledge in your heart, yes, I want an increased measure of faith, Lord. And if that is you, I want you to acknowledge that right now where you stand. Yes, I need more faith. Please, Lord, help me with more faith. And I'm going to pray for you. And there's several of us out there. There's many. There is multitudes of people that are seeking help first. That may cry out to the Lord about something that's going on in your life. Some need that needs to be met. And the bigger thing, just like this story, the man, the bigger part here is that God wants to deal with your salvation. God wants to deal with your eternal destiny. And I want to pray for you after we pray about faith. I want to pray for those of you who are sitting there and you think, yes, I have needs that need to be met. But as I was listening to this, I I don't know about my eternal future. This God that seems so loving, how can he help me? How can he save me? And maybe you're sitting there and you've, you, you've felt that, you, that you're chained to your sins like, like we talked about. If that is you, I'm going to pray for you as well. Let's pray about our faith. Let's increase our faith because we have to have faith. And once we have faith, we can see God. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for faith. I thank you for our faith that leads us, that can lead us and leads us to our repentance. Lord, I pray for everyone that is listening and everyone that acknowledged they need an increase of faith. Lord, I pray that you, would just, that you would just help us, that you would pour out your spirit upon us and increase our faith. That where we thought we were limited in our faith before, that now it just goes further. That we would have faith that moves mountains. That we would not be one of the ones that Jesus says, why do you have such little faith? That we would have much faith. Lord, I pray that you would please instill that faith in us. As we open our hearts and receive it, Lord, we would ask that you, you, give, us, you give us that increased measure of faith. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are a God that answers prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you are 
mighty and faithful. And we thank you, Lord, that, that not only do you meet our needs, but that you give us more. That you are that God that pours out even more. And we thank you, Lord. I pray, I pray for everyone that is listening. I pray for their health and their family's health. Lord, I pray for peace. Lord, I pray for joy. I pray, Lord, for the fruits of the Spirit just to be poured out upon us. And I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And for those of you who I was speaking about a minute ago, where I was talking about your eternal destination, that your eternal seeking of the Lord and what that looks like eternally, I want to lead you in a prayer. And there there are no specific or or special words that can guarantee your eternal destiny. That is in you. The Word tells us, the Bible tells us that we must repent of our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are one of those ones and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you are called to repentance and the things that are in your life that you know are not right and you have been seeking everything, you have tried this and you have tried that and you, there is still that void that is in you. That void is a God void. I want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And the prayer, like I said, does nothing. It's an acknowledgement in your heart. But this, seeking the Lord... Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the Bible tells us. This is your opportunity. Don't take another second. You are not guaranteed another moment. You are not guaranteed another day, another week. It is time. I plead with you. Today is the day. Today is the day that you can become a new creation. Today is the day that you can solidify your eternal destiny and start that relationship with God. This is not asking you to be in a certain religion. This is a relationship with God. This is not asking you to join a church. This is a personal relationship between you and God. And if that is you today and you say, yes, I acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that He paid the debt of my sins for me, then I want to invite you to say this prayer because we can never stand right with God the way we are. No matter what good things that we have done, we have still done bad. And that bad separates us from a holy God. But because Jesus died in our place, it can make us right with God by putting our faith in Him. If that is you today, please repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I am desperately in need of a Savior. Please forgive me for my sins. I understand and believe you are the Son of God. You came to this earth and lived a sinless life. You were crucified, died, and rose from the dead as payment for my sins. Please come into my heart and make me new. I will trust and live for you. Thank you for saving me and allowing me to spend eternity in heaven with you. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer and in your heart you have repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are saved. 
I would ask you, get a Bible, continue to read and seek the Lord, pray that he reveals himself to you and that he reveals himself to you through the word and through prayer. Please get plugged into a local Bible-believing church so that you can serve in that church. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today, joining us in this message. I would ask that you please share this message so that it can impact more people for Christ. God bless you. Have a great day.